Braves postseason baseball is here as they take on the Phillies in what's going to be an exciting and pivotal series here in the NLDS. we got a special guest on today's show previewing it. He knows a little bit more. Ben Ingram, the Braves radio voice, is joining us on today's episode of the Crowd of Booth. Pile in here and make yourself feel at home. The Crowded Booth is coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coon. All right, we welcome you back in here to the crowded booth. Ben Ingram, voice of the Atlanta Braves over on their radio network, joining us. Ben, I know we just talked beforehand. You're driving, heading to the ballpark as we record this, man. So first off, thanks for joining us. And uh, how excited are you for postseason baseball? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, postseason baseball is as good as it gets for what we do. I mean, uh, I, I love the regular season. I love doing spring training. But the real reason we do all this is for – uh, the taste of the postseason, and um, anybody who tell you otherwise is lying. I mean, I, I love covering a team from start to finish, but the cherry on the top is the postseason. Um, getting to call postseason games to me, there, there's no more, uh, there's no higher of an adrenaline rush for anything that I've done in this industry. And when it comes to how important these games are, how uh, big at bats are, what singular pitches are. Um, calls are, replays are, everything hangs in the balance. And that, to me, is just so much fun to be right in the midst of and bringing to our listeners. So it's really intense, and I really enjoy the intensity of it all. And it should be a lot of fun, those first two games in Atlanta. What what are you expecting this crowd to be? I know you've been to uh, – you, you've obviously done this before with the postseason. Have you been to any of the workouts yet? Does the crowd seem kind of anxious to really get into it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was at the workout yesterday and what they've done the last three days and the workout I'm making to today will be you know, a regular workout. It'll be BP. It'll be what you'd see before a game. What we saw the last three days were actual games, which, which looked like spring training to me. It was uh, they'd play about seven innings. They went about two hours and they'd go from there and that'd be the end of the day. But it was live action and it was lots of guys getting in and guys getting at bats and running the bases and playing defense. It was it was actual an actual game. Uh, they didn't do that last year. So uh, to see the fan support, I think, was really cool. Uh, even in the stadium, they did all the features that they would normally do. I mean, they didn't have beat the freeze or anything, but they had the hug cam <laughs> and they had music playing and they did the best they could to replicate an actual game. Uh, they started those games about the same time we're going to be playing baseball tomorrow night. So I think they just wanted to mimic real game situation as much as they possibly could. And I think they learned a lot from last year. I think everybody did because last year for teams who had five days off um, with this brand new playoff format, that completely goes against what we're used to doing. We're used to playing every single day. I don't think players would tell you having a couple of days off is a good thing if you finish as one of those top two seeds. But I think if they had their choice, they, they wouldn't go as long as we go without playing baseball. So they got to find a way to stay sharp, stay ready, and uh, be ready for what's coming tomorrow night. And it's been really good. Well, one thing fans have learned, obviously, uh, going from last year in this series was that pitching matters. It matters in the playoffs. Uh, last year, we know it's been talked about all offseason and throughout this season that this team was re wasn't really 100%. Strider, Freed, all of those things combined. Uh, ben, from your assessment, I know you've obviously been around the guys. I mean, how ready are they to go to kind of once again say, hey, this is another shot at the team that knocked us out last year? And then pitching as a whole. I mean, these guys have to be healthy. And I saw where Freed kind of pitched with a Band-Aid on. We know he can't do that in this game. 
what's your overall assessment of this group as a whole, and then maybe the health specifically of Freed? Well, there's good news and bad news. The good news is you're better off health-wise than where you were a year ago. Uh, last year, you had really one healthy pitcher in Kyle Wright. Uh, after that, Max Freed was sick. Uh, he had lost almost 20 pounds with a flu-like sickness, so he was not 100%. Spencer Strider had the oblique issue. Uh, Charlie Morton wasn't 100%. So they felt really good about one pitcher, and that was it. This year, you feel good about Spencer Strider. Uh, you also feel good about the extra off days that you have because that will allow you to pitch Strider and Freed twice each if it's a series that goes five games. So the, I think the math on it all, not to oversimplify it, but if you get five games and uh, in four of them, you have Freed and Strider combining for four. You got to find a way to win three of those games um, for Freed. The, the conversation that, that we have had and what he's told the media, if he had to pitch that last week of the season, he could have pitched. Uh, this, this is nothing new for Max. Um, he has dealt with blisters before. Now the blisters that he had, years ago in his career were in a different place but it's still the same fingers so he knows how to pitch through it pitch around it there was even a time this season maybe uh, i think it was the cardinal series and if it wasn't the cardinal series or sometimes towards the end of the season where he had a a blister that probably cracked on him he was bleeding um, and it wasn't profusely like you might remember with Trevor Bauer in the postseason years ago, but there was blood nonetheless and wiping it off and pitching through it and getting some results. Um, so I, I feel like uh, it's kind of a long-winded answer, but I feel like that Max is going to be ready to go. Uh, he threw one inning Tuesday without the Band-Aid and then put the Band-Aid on after that and went the rest of the way. So I would imagine that he's his hand is in a good place. I know that the blister has disappeared, but you know how it is with blisters. They tend to pop back up when you start using the same spot on your finger, your body, or whatever you're talking about. Um, but he has gone through so many different things to try to um, knock this out, even as far as, as soaking his hands regularly in um, – uh, a, a water. This is this is really strange. I'm doing my best to explain it. it it's a uh, electro current water that they will run electric currency through that you have your hand in, and apparently it works well versus blisters. I don't know how that works. I've never seen it. I've just heard heard guys talking about it. I know that he's done that regularly, uh, so he'll be ready to go. Spencer should be 100%. I'm really excited for Spencer in Game One, uh, where he is and, and how good he can be. He's been dominant against the Phillies in his career. So, if going into the division series, if you got a, a Max Freed that's healthy enough to get outs, and you have a healthy Spencer Strider, you're way ahead of where you were last year the bad news is after that uh, to me you've, you've got lots of question marks um because you wouldn't have charlie morton ready until the championship series mm -hmm. game three to me seems like it would be a bullpen game i know you could go with bryce elder but i don't i, I don't know your guess is as good as mine i like aj smith shawver um, I like his stuff against that lineup. I think his stuff, so long as he's throwing strikes, presents a matchup problem for the Phillies. But at the same time, that's a 20-year-old who's got six major league uh, appearances in his life. Uh, so that's kind of tough. That's a high hurdle. Uh, but if you can find a way to win the first two games and you're playing with house money and you can kind of do whatever you wanted to in that third ball game because you know you have Spencer and Max in, in games four and five if necessary. So uh, that's how I feel about where they are. And if they can find a way to get through the division series, then you get a little bit healthier for the championship series with Charlie Morton. And, and I'll finish that answer with this. Does it look like the Braves have enough pitching? They might not. 
But I'd make the argument that when they won the World Series, they didn't have enough pitching as they started Dylan mm. Lee and Tucker Davidson in two of those games. So you just got to find a way to get them out there and, and hopefully pitching is good enough with this lineup and hopefully they hit. Well, it takes us right into the lineup, Ben. And look, everyone knows the numbers. They've seen what this team finished in the regular season. My question for you is, we know that games seem to shrink. Uh, every single pitch matters more in the postseason. That being said, do you think that this offense can replicate what they were able to do during the regular season? Or how much harder is it to do essentially what they did against better pitching and, and tighter moments in more clutch situations? It's a lot harder, I think. Um, I think the, the benefit for this lineup is, is you're facing a team and you're facing pitchers that not only you know, but you just saw them. You saw them a lot in September. Uh, I think that goes a long way. There will be no secrets when it comes to facing Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Taiwan Walker, Ranger Suarez. It's all about execution for, for the pitcher and the batter. Uh, if, if you are facing a team that you're not used to seeing, let's say you're facing the Diamondbacks. Uh, not that they couldn't go out there and rake versus Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, but they haven't seen those guys in a long time. And, and I mm. think that would be a tougher adjustment period when you haven't seen guys in several months compared to guys that you just saw a week and a half ago. So I, to me, Zach Wheeler is as good as it gets in this league. I think he's an outstanding pitcher, especially for the postseason because swing and miss stuff plays so well in the postseason. Uh, but they know how to attack him. They know their approach. They have uh, lots of success against him in years past. Come in, 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 you think about what you can expect versus Zach Wheeler. I'm not saying that they light him up, but they've had success against him and they know what to expect. And I think that goes a long way towards uh, the success of your batters, your lineup, and scoring runs against tough pitchers. Going to be very interesting indeed to watch, Ben. Uh, before we get you out of here, and once again, appreciate your time, let's get to one thing. I'm going to put you on the spot here. If this team is heading to the NLCS, who could it hinge on? Who's an X factor for you that could be a difference maker when we look back at this NLDS? To, to me, I have to look towards the bottom uh, of the rotate or the uh, bottom of the order. What we've said about this team all year, and we've said so many good things about this team all year, and you can pick guys in the bullpen and the starting rotation in the, in the lineup. But the thing that I keep coming back to is how deep this lineup is and how this lineup can just lean on a pitcher and you just collapse. There's no place to get outs. Uh, it's got to be exhausting to, to face this lineup. It's got to be exhausting to uh, prepare for this lineup. Um, if I'm Caleb Cotham, the pitching coach, uh, or, or uh, anybody like that for the Phillies who's talking about facing th this lineup, um, that's got to be difficult. Those have to be really difficult uh, pitchers and catchers meetings when you're talking about trying to face all of these guys, all nine guys. So to get to your, to get to an answer on your question, I look to guys like Michael Harris, Eddie Rosario, Marcelo Zuna, Travis Darno, Sean Murphy. I, I know that's a long list of guys, but that just shows you how deep this lineup is. And I think those guys at the back end of the lineup, if they're finding ways to get hot, well, you're talking about Michael Harris being on base for Ronald Acuna. You're talking about Eddie Rosario knocking in runs. Uh, you're talking about guys, uh, Murphy or Darno. If, if either of those guys could get hot and being on base for those guys at the bottom of the order, uh, Murphy, et cetera, Rez uh, Arcia. Um, I, I think those guys, when you're going through an order two, three times, that is so difficult because maybe you get through the woods versus Acuna and, and Olsen and Riley and Albies, but you got another four guys in the order right after that who could be just as potent as those guys at the top four spots mm -hmm. in the order. 
So to me, that's where I look. I think those that kind of group of guys can be the X factor, similarly to what we saw with Eddie Rosario in the 2021 NLCS. Um, of course, you would have locked in on Freddie Freeman or Ozzie Albies or Austin Riley, but who's the guy who was smoking on? It was Eddie Rosario. Uh, so I think those guys between six and nine in the order, one or multiple of those guys could be your X-Factor guy for this series and then for the entire postseason. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch starting on Saturday, Ben. Appreciate you as always, man. And uh, for the folks in and around Atlanta, how can they listen to your broadcast? Look, we love TV, but obviously radio is going to be sticking out with your voice as well. Where can they find you in and around that Atlanta area? Sure. In Atlanta, you will be on 6-8 of the Fan and 93.7 FM. And also, if if you want to try the app, feel free to do that. The 6-8 uh, of the Fan app, that's free, and that'll be there throughout the duration of the postseason. Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. Man, enjoy it. I know this is one of those things where in the midst of it, you have to enjoy it because you don't know how long these uh, runs like this team could last. But appreciate you once again, Ben. Have a great rest of your day. You got it, Bryce. Thanks so much, man. That is Ben Ingram of the Atlanta Braves. We'll talk a little bit more about the Braves here when we come. It's Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, with a great preview of what this series could be. Now, listen, you heard it there, what he talked about. Obviously, there's going to have to be some difference makers. The pitching's going to have to step up, but this Atlanta Braves team is more than capable, and I think they're raring to go. I like the preparation that they were able to put in this week, simulating games. They learned a lot from last year. And look, it's going to be a very, very fun series. I was talking, obviously, with a couple of guys before the show started. I don't know if this series is just that clean, cut, and dry to pick. These are two really, really good teams. And, uh, man, the home field advantages are going to be rocking when each team has to go on the road. So it's going to be a lot of fun. My name is Bryce Kuhn. This is the Crowded Booth. If it's your first time ever tuning in, yes, we do some cool interviews like that with the voice of the Braves, Ben Ingram. We're going to talk more, hopefully, each postseason series. We might even do some wrap-up shows. We talk a lot of college football. We talk a lot of Georgia attack but we know everywhere can be united here in braves country we're rooting on the braves and we're hoping they can take home another world series title it'd be two in three years and man they really be cooking going into 2024 we'll catch you next time here on another episode of the crowded booth pile in here and make yourself feel at home the crowded booth is coming on Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.